Hello and welcome to this very special bonus episode of the Marks Ish Brothers podcast. Uh, my name is Joseph and I am uh, here with two guests. Uh, guess why don't you introduce yourself? We'll start with you, Irma. Since, uh, <laughs> oh my god, this is so exciting! The, the audience will, will remember you from the Barbie episode. Yeah. Hi y'all. It's Irma in the building. Pew, 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 pew. I just like, I have no association to Irma. <laughs> And, and, and why don't you introduce it yourself? Well, <clears throat> clearly I have to be the serious one here. Um, my oh name my is God. Ella. I'm sorry? What's your favorite movie? My favorite movie in the world or like the African film? Your favorite movie in the world. In the world? Just, just to introduce yourself to our guests. Okay, our, so uh, my name is Ella. And honestly, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I don't really like movies all that much. <laughs> I actually, like, it takes me days to finish, like, two or one-hour movies. But, and I think that, like, the problem has been I don't relate to, like, the subject matter of, like, the movies that I watch. But I really like the African Film Festival because, like, it's people that look like me. It's, like, one of the directors said that, like, he wants to make movies that center, like, black people, dark people. And, you know, that just, like, captured my attention. And that's why I like the African Film Festival. So... Honestly, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I only watch three movies. And I have to, like, pick Mami Water as my well, favorite. Asking, like, we, we're saying, like, generally. Oh, I've gone on a ramble, my dear. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, um, just, like, generally. Like, what kind of movie do you like? Oh, what kind of mo- that was I'll, I'll rephrase it. What's your favorite comfort movie? A favorite comfort movie. I don't have a favorite comfort movie. Oh I like... Don't worry. It's going to... um, my favorite comfort... I have favorite comfort shows... That I watch when I'm getting ready in the morning. Right now, it's Young Sheldon. Before oh that, it was god. Big Bang Theory. Oh my god! Serious? Are you serious? Yeah. Before that, it was like SpongeBob, and then I mean, before SpongeBob that, it was My Dad the Bounty Hunter. I know that. And then before that, it was like Big Mouth. You Which know. Kind of <laughs> I think it's like I like like mindless things that like. I don't know, like, I can just, like, I don't necessarily need to pay attention to, like, I don't have to watch the action. But, like, when I hear, like, the dialogue, it's like, oh, yeah, that was funny, you know? Fair enough, yeah. Um, well, why don't we get into the festival? So, yes. uh, Irma and I were there every single day, but Irma was there the most out of uh, the three of us. Period. Uh, Ella saw the last two movies, and uh, she'll still discuss some of the the topics that we're going to bring up. So uh, I think what we're going to do is we're going to basically just walk our way through the festival movie by movie, share our thoughts on them, uh, have a nice little discussion about how it went all together. And uh, yeah. Um, I know that I only watched two movies, but like I generally have like a lot of opinions about stuff. So if you hear me speaking when I should not speak, even though I only watched two movies, it's because it's valid. Starting with the, the first day, which me and Irma uh, attended, um, so the movies that we saw uh, were Sierra. That was like the full-length movie that we saw. Um, the other ones that uh, were out uh, were The Favor and Boxed, which are two short films. We both uh, kind of missed those. But uh, what did you think of Sierra? I think it was good. I think it was very good. It was like, I unfortunately, I'm very, unfortunately, very used to, um, can you hear me? I'm very used to, it was very heavy, obvi, like just a lot of essay and like abuse and yeah. all that fun stuff. It Not was, fun, well, but like, like when we first went there, um, we were very shocked by all of a sudden, like first five minutes, 
there's gonna be spoilers in this movie, so go check them out if you can. But uh, basically, in the first like five minutes, the whole tribe is all the men are murdered. Like honestly, that's like I like the fact that like it starts off like that, like the fir- first five minutes. Not like I like the killing and stuff, but like when you watch like the news in Nigeria and like. Nigerian media isn't very good at like reporting stuff like this so we kind of have to like get like our news from like social media and what people are Mm -hmm. posting that's how it happens like you could be existing in this moment and then like five minutes later like almost everyone that like existed in like that village or like that community is gone because herdsmen or like Boko Haram or whatever so yeah like it might be shocking but it's like just the way that it happens yeah so would you say like I'm not from Nigeria, you both are. Would you say that's a pretty accurate depiction of kind of stuff that you would have heard about, like, uh, while living there? Yeah, but, I mean, there isn't, like she said, there isn't, like, much of a POV from people who have suffered stuff like that. So, like, Sarah is the main character, right? And she's basically one of the abducted girls. And... She, she, she's not abducted. Well, 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 technically, she was kidnapped and abused and stuff. But, like, unfortunately, just based on her situation, she was, like, stranded. So she had to, like, fend for herself, which then meant that she had to put herself in certain situations, like, in the camp of, like, the people. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of close. Like, it's close enough to what we could get as a POV from someone who has, like, been kidnapped or captured by, like, terrorist groups and stuff like that. So I can't even really say if it's like realistic or unrealistic because mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think anyone <clears throat> except like the victims okay. know, but mm-hmm. like it was pretty good. I feel like I feel like when it comes to like war, they're just like certain things that like you can expect that like mm-hmm. even if you've not like experienced yourself, it's like Nigeria has like a lot of like IDP camps, like internally displaced people. So there's like a lot of kids. Pro- I didn't watch this movie, but like, what did you say their name was again? Sierra. 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 Yeah. Sierra. They're probably they're like a lot of kids like Sierra that are trying to like kind of like survive as well. So it's like they're doing things to like survive like Sierra. Like sometimes like some of them will even like join like these groups because like that's one way that like. They'll yeah. eat like that's one way that like you know like they'll be protected and stuff like that. Like and it's very it's very it's very like close to the plot of the movie actually because she actually then puts herself in the camp and like steals like a burqa just so she can dress like I mean spoilers again but like so she can dress like one of the girls that were you know kidnapped and stuff like that and I don't know I just um. Yeah, I don't, like I said, I don't really know much of the perspective, but I thought it was a very good movie, like, very enlightening to see what could be closest to, like, at least what I know of that is, like, Boko Haram, like I mentioned, Mm -hmm. but, like, the closest to that was this movie, and, yeah, I think it was a very good, realistic point of view. Yeah, I don't know, there's not much else to say. And also, you have to, like, consider that, like movies like this will probably come like as like a shock to people like even in Nigeria because like the activities of like Boko Haram it's like it's so far it happens in the north so it's so far removed from like people in the south or like Mm -hmm. the southeast it's like like we don't know like beyond what's like in the media and like the media is kind of like controlled by the government so the government Mm -hmm. is going to like so it's like aside from social media we really like 
we don't know what's happening, but you can kind of like infer, right? Like we've had the Chiba girls, like we've had some of them like talk about like their experiences. Have they talked about it? Actually? Like some of them, like I don't like some of them have, and then like we also like sometimes you see in the news like they've been so like I like I don't know like trained probably not the right word. Some of them want to go back, indoctrinated. like indoctrinated. Like some of them want to go back. Like it's like some things you can like infer that like it's true, like. Mm-hmm. Whether or not, like, you're exposed, it's, like, there's just, like, certain casualties that, like, come with, like, war and, like, terrorism and just, like, mindless destruction that you can expect. Yeah, and I think what this movie does a really good job of is, like, from a Western uh, viewer's uh, perspective, like, like, there definitely was, like, in the news about, like, women being kidnapped in Nigeria, so to see this as, like, more of a resistance, not just, like, a passive, oh, women are just getting kidnapped, Mm -hmm. to see someone, uh, like, actually resisting and fighting up like fighting for themselves and uh, doing that in a a mother's role, I thought was a very unique perspective yeah. that you don't usually see in movies and in the news. And like, it's it's a very unique perspective and it's it was, powerful that way. I think it was also very cool because obviously there's different characters in the movie and you get different points of views. But Sira, the main character, you get like two different points of views from her because like you get her point of view as like a girl like Mm -hmm. who is you know scared and like whatever but then later on into the movie you get her point of view as a mother yeah and like not like any other mother who's like you know overwhelming love or stuff like that it's more like a mother who's trying to survive which is also seen in another short film we will talk about later and like yeah i don't i think it was like very cool because i think a major running theme in this whole festival in the movies was just like women power and like feminism and like black or like the african community like even like more femininity than feminism oh uh, yeah and that same thing yeah because like feminism is like it's a fairly western like concept yeah like, sorry i meant the femininity. So, like, femininity like a woman like a like, like the power yeah. the concept of a woman and like Africa, like in African settings. I, I definitely want to bring that up later once we've kind of discussed these movies uh, yeah. in a little more. Um, do you have anything else to say about that before you move on to the next one? No. Go women. Uh, so <laughs> I'll just give you uh, the quick like uh, director. So the director is uh, Apolline. Uh, Tr- let's just say, let's just do it for you, Joey. Where is it? Which one are we doing? Um, Sarah. Apolline. Tr- Oh, I don't know that even. <laughs> Traore? Traore? Traore. Anyways, uh, yes, so that, that was the first movie that we saw the festival. Not the first movie of the festival, the first one that we saw. Uh, the next one, did you see the short film uh, Haves and Doubles? Or were you just there for I missed it. I, I only got to half of it. And from what I could see, it is um, about sisterhood. Like, because thankfully the director of the movie or whatever was there and questions were asked and basically what she was talking about was just how in real life she and her sister never really had like a good connection because i believe her sister is like older and they just have like a very weird dynamic in regards to like the sister is trying to be protective of the younger one by not talking about certain things or like not doing certain things but then the younger sister also has like a different dynamic of the older sister. I don't I wasn't there for most of it, but that's what I got. And it was pretty cool because th- like both characters are 
I think were born and raised. Well, I'm just gonna say, like majority of their life was spent in Canada, but from like someone who. Well, so for, I don't know. Uh, I don't for, know. For, for the audience, I've recommended this person before, but it's uh, Khadija, uh, who like I've recommended their YouTube channel before. It it was Khadija's sister that directed the movie. Khadija is brother directed it. Oh, brother, sorry. Khadija's brother directed it, um, or sibling. I'm so sorry, sibling directed it. But yeah, I just think it was like very interesting because I'm a I'm I'm like an older sibling. To my younger brother. And I feel like a lot of older siblings in like African households can kind of affirm how you're basically taking on like a parental role mm-hmm. to your younger ones. Whether like your parents are present or not. Because like there's just certain things that you have to do and not do to quote unquote protect them. But then the younger sibling doesn't really know that you're protecting them and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, I've had similar conversations to my brother, like, recently, and, like, we've come out talking about certain things, and he's just so surprised that, like, I have gone through certain, like, some things, or I know some things, and he doesn't know, but then he always has, like, a different mindset of it. I think that was basically the idea of, like, the whole film. But, yeah. yeah it was pretty good. I would recommend it, even from though, what I saw. Even though you didn't From see what that, I but... saw. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, All right, so the next one is uh, The Myth of a Black Woman. So that one, uh, the synopsis is, uh, The Myth of a Black Woman is a feature-length documentary that focuses on the investigation into how stereotypes that originated from slavery still affect the lives of black women, specifically in uh, Quebec. Uh, The uh, director is uh, Anya Oshon. So yeah. I feel as though you both have a lot to say about it. I don't have anything I do. to say because I don't I, I did not watch it, but I have so much to say because, like, before even getting into, like, any of the themes or anything, I just want to point out that, like, isn't it so weird how, like, setting stereotypes about, like, black women just, like, prevail? Like, this is specifically about, like, black women in, like, Quebec, but it's, like, it could probably apply to, like, women in, like, to, Africa. I think it's applied like, to, like, black women everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. okay. Because, like, I think because, like, like, the director is, like, based in Quebec, so they got people in Quebec. Quebec, Yeah, but, like, no, it's about black women everywhere. Everywhere, okay. Good. And I went to this one, too, so I'm going to be talking a lot on this podcast. I'm sorry. Cam Cam also saw this one, but he is not here for this. But he lent lessons, I hear. Yeah, he he just kept going, damn, wow. (laughs) He was apparently ooing and aying. Ooing and aying. Yeah, this is probably the one film documentary whatever that actually made me cry which she doesn't cry because she's a hard guy hard guy hard guy <laughs> not true <laughs> not true but okay i i cry for everything but like surprisingly i didn't cry for like a lot in this festival but like this one i cried for because i think because of like and i'm not saying the others aren't real but this is just like you're literally hearing experiences from multiple women that just correlate to the same story, like the same theme of something. Um, so the stereotypes that were mentioned in this docu 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 movie docu documentary documentary. Um, the first one was the Jezebel stereotype. Um, it's the hypersexual and feminine um, point of view, or like the view of women to the male gaze. So, like, an example of that would be, like, video vixens, like, women the star in, like, music videos of especially, like, rappers. Y'all know who I'm talking about. Just think of one. You you think of one. Um, they mentioned BBLs, sort of. They hinted at it. Um, 
And then someone in regards to like the Jezebel stereotype was like, it's very interesting how black women are always compared to something that is like consumable or can be locked away. So for instance, black women are always compared to animals. So like panthers, like say, oh, you're like a, you're like a tigress. You're, you're like a panthress. You're very like sexy, very cunning, like, like a fox. You're like stuff oh, like that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> And it was interesting because I never thought about it like that. I just always thought it was because of how sly and, like, aggressive, I think, personally. How aggressive some of these animals that black women are compared to be. That's what they were referring to. But the women in the documentary, like, someone was like, it's basically interesting how those animals that that black women are made references to are basically wild animals that can be put in cages that are restricted. Um, or black women are compared to food. Mm. So, like, chocolate. Like, girl, your skin is dark like some dark chocolate or some caramel. I think men who say that deserve to Jill. be stomped on. <laughs> I don't Jill. know. Rain the fucking hail. I don't know. It, it, but, yeah, it was very interesting how that comparison was made. Because for someone like me, you would have never thought of that. But it's very common. I don't think there hasn't been a black woman that has not been made reference to like that. But that was one stereotype. Another one was um, the mommy stereotype, like the mammy. Um, So like Aunt Jemima, for example, is a mammy. Like the nanny, the (laughs) quote unquote uglier, rounder. The like caretaker. Yeah. Like they're never anything but a mother. Which... In today's society, I thought was very interesting. It was like someone made mention of how sometimes their friends are like, oh my gosh, I'm going to come visit. Like, what's your mommy going to cook for us? And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> 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 but just like in, in Nigeria, it's a very common thing. I feel like everyone who would make reference to like mothers is like, oh my God, is your mom going to make me rice or something? At least that's how I grew up. Like the mothers were cooking, which... Probably doesn't say much about Lagos either, but... Ellen, do you have something to say yeah. to that? You seem like you would disagree or you agree. I feel like, I mean, it depends. Not my mom. Not because, like, my mom... Like, my mom had, like, so many kids. Like, that's another thing, right? It's just, like, at a certain point, like, my mom kind of, like, stops cooking. So we had, like, someone else that, like, did that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I guess the mommy thing as well. Yeah. But, like... In, in Nigeria, like, I don't know, like, no one ever came to like, my house expecting, like, my mom to cook or, like, expecting, like, food really, like, to be honest. For some reason, they expected mine. I don't, I don't know, know like, that was not, like, a thing. I think that we, we had very different lives. Like, I didn't also go to people's houses, like, expecting to, like, eat because I kind of grew up this way where, like, my mom didn't like us eating, like, at other people's houses. That's every African mom. So, yeah. it's, like... I, I don't know. I'm not I'm not saying that like my mom is a mammy. God forbid. <laughs> if everyone if anyone ever said that, catch these Bites fucking hands, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um it's just like an idea of like what oftentimes non black people think black women are. Yeah, I think that like it more applies when you're dealing with like foreigners, like yeah. people who are like difference because i don't know i guess like colonization and like slavery and stuff like that especially in like north america so it's like there is that like 
there like, is that even thing. Even like in movies and stuff. Like right? in movies mm. and stuff. Like I don't know. Like I didn't really start hearing or thinking about like mummies until like I kind of like I went to school in the US and then we talked about like slavery and mm-hmm. stuff like I think, that. Well, and, again, like, like this documentary is coming from a Quebec perspective, not yeah. No, but like, but like that. I think that was also what I found interesting because somehow some of these things will sort of apply wherever you come from but like from a black perspective like i said like but based on the example that that lady gave i can see how it sort of applies to my mom because i remember some women will come over to my like to our place and expect my mom to cook and if my mom doesn't cook she has to whip up something real fast and it's just like girl rest i don't know if you want to eat Go home. I don't know. I feel like you could think about that one, like, I don't know, more from, like, like a visitor or, like, guest perspective. Like, if people are coming to your home, like, African culture, like, you will cook for them. Like, you have, like, snacks and, like, stuff like that. But this, like, also reminded me, like, when I worked at, like, the aviation museum, like, I had this, like, (laughs) I had this, like, (laughs) I had this, I had two co-workers, right? They were siblings. And they are white and like they're very old and they happen to like grow up in Nigeria, like when Nigeria was still like under kind of like British colonization. Really? Yeah. Oh, like scary. <laughs> it's very scary because like so like their parents worked for Shell. Ooh, scary. So like <laughs> so like and their mom died that like when she was like a hundred. But like one like the guy, he was like born I think in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. And then, like, one time he just, like, made this really, like, horrible, like, statement to me. And I was, like... Was like, he didn't even realize that, like, it was racist. He was... Because, like, he grew up in... Like, his parents were rich. They worked for Shell. Uh, they had, like, yeah. house helps and stuff like that. So they had, like, wet nurses, too, apparently. And then one time he made this comment. Like, I don't know what we're talking about. But, like, also he's, like, he's a very oblivious person. Like, he's not, like, a mean-spirited person. He's not racist. But, like, he just didn't realize that what he said, no, in that moment. Like, it's, like, when someone is racist, like, you won't know. Like, I've interacted with this person so many times. I mean, this is, like, a different topic. But people... Okay, but like, wait, let me just tell you okay. what he said. <laughs> Let's not dive into racism. But he was like, like we're talking about like I guess wet nurses, and then he was like, yeah, because I was always teasing them about like them being the original colonizers of Nigeria because like they worked for Shell on that British like rule and stuff like that. And then I was like teasing him about that, and then he was like, yeah, 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 like yeah, I'm the original colonizer. Yeah, I'm this. Yeah, I was born in Nigeria. Like your grandma was, pro- your great grandma was probably my wet nurse. And I was like, <gasps> and I was like, bitch, what? <laughs> and I was like, why would you like? Why would you oh say my that? Because like, oh my God. because cause, like it's just <laughs> like like I know because because it was also like double like insulting because like i knew who my great grandma was like not knew her but like you know how like there'll be like pictures and stuff so i knew that she was not that so for him to like not know who my like just like assume because like at that point in time like that was like what it was like and i was like and also like they grew up in like delta state and like i'm from emo states so you know like it's really close and i'm like first of all like it's close but it's not that close it's like first of all the the geography doesn't match like at the time you were in nigeria my great grandma was like 
you know weary in emo states like it doesn't match also for you to just like casually say that like just like drop that it like makes me like think that like you've not really thought about like the implications of like colonization like very deeply mm-hmm. and like the effects that like it had on like the people that like even like the area like delta where you lived where like shell has like companies it's so ruined it's like it's not the same from when you were a kid like the people in these communities they cannot fish they can't drink the water they can't even like farm the land because it's all been like it's all been poisoned by like oil and it's all it's shell right and it's like for you to like make this like really offhand comment no matter where it was coming from whether it's coming from like a mean place or not it's like that's very yeah it's just like yeah it was weird anyway that's why it reminded me of (laughs) i don't know i'm just gonna say i i think and i see this just all the time i think black people are so tolerant of so much especially i mean i don't want to dive into the kind of black you are but like i just think generally black people are so tolerant and like non-black folks if you ever say something and you get hit in public don't be surprised just check yourself check yourself before you even say stuff check what you're gonna say before you actually say it because one of these days you're gonna catch some hands and like it's not gonna be funny like you can't especially at work you can't say that to someone who says that like i don't like i don't know what it is like about like i don't know like black people and if feels like it comes from like everyone it comes from white people and it also comes from like non-black people just like this ignorance and it's yeah. like it's not like black people are like we're not extraterrestrial or anything but it feels like no one knows anything about us and when like they try to kind of like find out about us it's just like borderline racist or like and i think that's why i think that's where people like that. get appropriation or like and all that mixed up because why do you think you're appropriating we're appropriating because shit people like you keep claiming shit like this because when you say you want to learn you claim it as your own and if you don't want to learn you're just overtly racist or both or none like it's just i don't know google is free youtube is free also silence and like just biting back what you say is also free like you can't say stuff like that and then expect there to be <laughs> no consequences I want God. to yeah, like I don't know if they touched. I'm sorry, we're probably, dragging this out too long, but like <laughs> they probably like also like touched on this, but like I want to talk about one that like affects like me us like young black women like now like over sexualization, and I don't know whether it's because of like video vixens and like what people see in like hip hop videos and stuff like that, but I've come to realize that like most people expect like black women to be to be like oversexualized or just like no stuff about like sex or just like be like forward and stuff like that so it's like they're more likely to make like highly like sexualized like comments to you like when they don't know you Mm -hmm. and it's like and it takes me aback a lot because like i am not that person like first of all like because like most of us like i'm african highly and i'm nigerian like i'm not even supposed to know what like sex is or like what a man is highly repressed society but <laughs> apparently according to google nigeria like we had the highest like searches of like gay porn what highly repressed society that doesn't talk about sex like young women should not know anything about sex and stuff like that and for the most part like a lot of us like grew up like that like 
and i used to find it so funny like when i would like watch disney and stuff it's like parents will talk about like oh have you had you talk with your kids or, like birds and bees and stuff like that yeah i need to have that talk. no one like no one give us that talk like i think they just assume that like you've gone to church you yeah. know you're not supposed to touch a boy talk <laughs> like, to a boy and speak or walk yeah. with a boy you're and good. then like you move to like western countries and like you're a young woman and like you start dating and then like everyone just like over sexualizes you like if it's not your bum if it's not your like it will be your like your lips or like something like your body it's like it's always like comments and it's like they never want to like actually date you but they want to hook up with you like they want to fetishization people yeah, like they want to sleep with you they want to have sex with you like do you you hear comments like constantly like oh i've never been with a black girl before well fuck you bitch you will never be with this black girl i'm sorry like okay because <laughs> like that that is also in the jezebel um stereotype where video vixens bbl sexualization and even like women claiming like black women also claiming like their sexual like sexualization of themselves i just think that like there's just so many issues that are just wrong with that and how it is perceived too whether it is by the black community or by like non-black white whoever you are like everyone just has ish like issues understanding that one example is like ella brought up the lips someone mentioned the lips too and they gave examples they were like someone like angelina jolie like she has fuller lips and you find that like people call that to be like oh classy like she looks elegant eloquent mm-hmm. stuff like that like it it fits your features so well but then black people you call us hoes like why are we hoes you have like dick sucking lips yeah like, di- yeah like that? that shit is just embarrassing <laughs> because why would you see a random stranger in public minding her fucking business and you come up to me and you're telling me you want to fuck me and like, you want your dick sucked by me like, because I, like, i'm black which people who are listening to this might think oh this is like um this is too much you guys like to think no this literally happens happens. every single fucking day every day and you should think whoever you want to think in the universe that this does not happen to you because the amount of times that this happens to which is why there is a film like this that exists because it's too much y'all it's too much i was just talking to like people here how and i love my friends i love (laughs) y'all when i was listening but when we go out Honestly, I don't know that many dance moves, which is kind of embarrassing. I love to twerk. I like twerking. But I don't want to be twerking and have my ass slapped by you. Why? Like, why do you <laughs> why feel comfortable? Okay? Why, why do you feel comfortable slapping why someone you? else's ass? Like, I'm so big on my my personal space. It's like that's why I don't like going to clubs because it's just like too tight. But like, yeah. why do you like slapping someone's ass? I've um, I've unfortunately like. And this is probably my fault. I haven't said no. I just... Because I feel like on some level, you're like... You feel like you're supposed to, like... It's normal, like... Yeah, like, I, I don't like want to bring the yeah, mood down. Exactly. But like, please also, don't slap me. Sorry, go ahead. I'm Sorry. And also, like... Black women are allowed to be, like... To exist as, like, sexy people without, like, all that, like, added nonsense. Because, like, white women are allowed to be sexy, like... Every other woman is allowed to be sexy. No one is over-sexualizing all these people, all these other, like, races. But it's, like, 
you see like little black girls and this is where it hurts like this is where it pains because like these are like kids but because like they develop like differently you you refer to them as like adult women and like this is an 11 year old child Mm -hmm. like i have like nieces like my niece is almost like taller than me and she has like i guess like a fuller body and stuff like that so it's like when like like things like that happen like i always like think to my niece because like if she didn't have like the protection that like she did from like my family and stuff like that like who knows what would like happen right mm-hmm. like she's like probably 11 or 12 now and it's like like let black kids like girls be Don't girls and like let girls. women like black women be sexy like the way that like white women can be sexy like be sexy without being fetishized yeah without being fetishized like let us exist in peace like please i don't want someone walking up behind me and telling me i mean let's 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 not get into that because like because like that was scary a couple a couple women in this documentary like one like when you talk about your niece there's this one lady this is what made me cry she kept talking about her younger sister her sister was i think now 16 about how she had such a shit experience like she would like she and her like the lady in the documentary would always pick up her sister with her mom i would always see her sister crying because she was always bullied always fetishized always made fun of because of her looks and stuff like that and it's just very disheartening because like not only do you go through it whether you go through it or not but like having someone much younger than you that is closely related to you that shit is sad. That is just because what are you supposed to say? What are you supposed to say to them? Like, it's not her fault. Yeah. But then, unfortunately, you have to train her to like. W- unfortunately, you have to train her to like walk a certain way. Mm-hmm. Don't do this a certain way. Don't Dr- dress like a certain. Yeah, way. dress a certain way. So you don't like entice grown men. That's why, like, if people know me, unfortunately, I'm thick. <laughs> and sometimes I'm not gonna lie. I hate it. I fucking hate it because. I want to exist like a regular person. But big boobs and big asses in society today is just something else on a black woman. Like, I don't want to be stared at. I don't want to be looked at. I don't want to be touched. I don't want to be talked to or talked about. Like, and based on, like, black women being sexy, there were some comments saying that, like, people like Beyonce and Nicki Minaj and whatever, whatever, Megan Stallion, them claiming sexiness should not be all black women are it's not all black women are but if black women want to be sexy let them be sexy let us be sexy and bees what is wrong why why so would you say this movie is both uh cathartic to you as well as uh what's she crying like 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 like, like important to uh like someone like cam or i to watch oh sorry sorry i talk too much but like i shut up I honestly really wish that, like, this festival as a whole had more hype because most of these movies need to be seen from the perspective of non-black people. Yeah. All it does to me is just make me cry. Sorry. (laughs) That's fine. Because, like, as black people, like, as black women, we already know these things. Like, it's, it's for other people to see and realize that like we are also human like we're also like weak we are not like strong black whatever like mm-hmm. whatever you want i am a very weak person you guys i cry Same. i cry <laughs> i cried i cried the entire day on like saturday but like for some reason people think that like i'm a hard guy i'm a hard guy i'm not i be crying anyway but like we need other people to like kind of like watch these movies and like see just like 
dispelling that whole myth of like the strong black woman or like the over sexualized black woman that knows everything about sex no we're just like as like naive and as like weak not in a bad way as like any other like race of women that like exists like other women are protected so heavily mm-hmm. black women are not especially also not by black I men like also like especially not by like black men sometimes like unfortunately this might be kind of like i don't know um what's the word but like black men don't black protect like black women that the bar. same way that like black women like protects like black men like when i think about like um the black lives like matter protest like do you remember that girl like I don't want to like I don't want to not remember her name but like Tolu Salau Saliu like in the US like she was kind of like organizing protests like Black Lives Matter you know what is what it was about like to protect black men and then like a black man goes ahead and like kills her like the same black men that she was protecting like it's just kind of crazy cuz it's like the people that you expect to protect you are not like you know protecting know, you yeah. but we still love black men here just like do better you know, this isn't, like, anything. Even on topic of mental health, African, I think African parents need to hear this, and they're probably not listening <laughs> to this because they're, they're African parents, but <laughs> black parents, too. Let your kids rest. It's okay to let your kids rest. And don't, like, judge your black daughters too harshly. Yeah, especially the <laughs> first ones. Please, y'all, I'm trying my hardest. <laughs> I'm, I'm barely surviving in this shit show called Canada. And I just, I can't. You can't expect me to just be strong for too long. I don't know if you think I'm like, Ty, Ty yeah. what's his name? But also, the you boxer. guys are, like, I don't know, products of your own, like, upbringing. It's, I yeah. guess... It's up to, no, but it's true. Like, most some of our parents had parents and grandparents that like existed in like colonial times. Like, mm-hmm. my mom is not that old. Like, Nigeria is not that old, but like, my mom was like, I think 10 during like the civil war and stuff like Like, my mom is like, my mom is like great, but there are certain things that like she could be better at yeah. like she could like work on i love you so much girl <laughs> like this is not anything like you are like i would not want to know that mother like for life like, <laughs> i love you but like certain things were kind of mean growing up but like my mom yeah. is better now she's like so much calmer like Same. about certain things i think it's when you grow up they start to yeah. understand that like you can easily drift away that yeah like when you start fighting all, them back to i think that's all parents but yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, do you have anything more to say about the documentary or we can move on to the next? The yeah, documentary was fantastic. It was lovely, y'all. White people go watch it. Please. Brown people go watch it. Brown watch. people go watch it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, again, I didn't see this one, but Irma, you saw this one, right? Uh, Alright, so the next movie, uh, I again, I didn't see this one, but uh, Irma did. So that movie is Mirror Mirror. It's a short film. Uh, the synopsis is uh, Luthando is intent on sensually exploring her own body. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, neither the internet nor magazines have particularly helpful tips for her. Frustrated, she vents to her best friend Jody, who encourages her to continue her journey of self-discovery. Uh, this is a South African movie. It's directed by uh, Sandul uh, Ila uh, Asanda. I just want to say something. I love that this is a South African movie. And you know what? I love, like, the South African movie industry, like, in general. Because I feel like, compared to any other, like, 
African like country like South Africa does like a lot like in pushing like boundaries especially about like sexuality and especially for like young people mm-hmm. and I think that's like very important like I really applaud like South African like writers for that so like I'm not surprised that it's a South African movie and also like they need to show this movie in like West Africa because like they don't they don't talk a lot about like sex like we mentioned that like you don't necessarily get like um the talk from your parents like if you're getting anything about sex it's basically to abstain it's basically like stay away from it and that's like all you get I love I didn't watch this movie but like I love the idea of like an African girl like trying to explore like her sexuality and like understand what her needs are when it comes to sex because it's important mm-hmm so, Irma, you actually watched this. Uh, what are your thoughts on that it? That sounded like Sheed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bitch. Um, I, I don't even know if I was there for the whole thing. I think I walked in a few minutes into it. You would have been there for the whole one because it was right after Myth of a Black Woman. Yeah, and I was exhausted from crying my shit out. <laughs> so <laughs> I went to go eat and walk, please. Um... Yeah, I think I was there for majority of it. It was it was pretty good. It's definitely not something I thought they would show in like an African setting because you don't talk about that shit a lot. <laughs> hey, it's, it's, a, it's by an African film, which which African is great, which yeah. is great because you don't see a lot like that. And I think it was nice. Some part of me, the Christian part of me as a child, was just like, oh my god, this is just. Wait, how old was she in this movie? I don't remember. She was very young, though. How like young? from Like 12, 13? From 13 to 16, I think. Oh, that's usually when you're exploring your sexual oh. Yeah, no, but I'm saying, but I'm saying you don't see a lot of this in, like, media. Like, sex, anything sexual, anything... Phys- ph- I'm not even going to say sex. Physical. Hand-holding, finger-touching is demonized in the African community. Unless you have, like... Very very chill parents, which oftentimes no one to has some extent, no no no, Africa. but like to some extent, <laughs> some people do, but not to that extent mm-hmm. where they will they can understand you hanging out with boys, sex, physicality, not a thing, baby. So it was, it was nice. I was a little uncomfortable watching with like African uncles in the audience, but. I but like see, it. it's good that they are there because maybe you'll make them understand like their teenage daughters like more. I think like, they'll what probably they are, beat them or something. Uh, I hope not. Thank God, thank God, this Canada they can we can call the cops. I mean, yeah. even though we hate the police here, hate you guys. <laughs> you tr- call the child protective services. That part. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I really liked it. I unfortunately was not there for the. So the next one was uh, Shimoni. Uh, the synopsis is a tale of crime, punishment, trauma, and redemption. Former editor-turned-writer-director Angela Wanjiku Wami's film is a potent psychological drama of a man in search of himself in the face of a disastrous past and uncertain future. Yeah, I wasn't there for all of that. This one's from Kenya. I'm sorry, this is very Kenyan movies are very good. After South Africa, I really like Kenyan movies. Do you remember the one that we watched last year? Like, the... um, was like on zoom and it was like a court theme like mandated like court it was very funny remember. oh wait you weren't there oh. sorry it was so funny it was crazy yeah sorry so you, you're, you're bored of us one so uh then we took a little break 
Uh, me and Irma went for supper, and then we came back. We watched uh, Patient uh, One One Five. That one uh, was a short film, so the synopsis of this one: uh, Patient One One Five follows the story of Malik, a survivor of a car accident, who confronts the angel of death after his mother's premature passing. Alone in a harsh world, Malik embarks on a quest for redemption, raising the question: Will he find it? Uh, this is directed by Jules uh, Pierre. Uh, it's from Senegal. Uh, this one was a little confusing, but uh, what did you think of it? I don't know. It was very confusing, too. So, I yeah, think so we were both very shocked We, we were a little confused, so basically what I think it was talking... Well, basically, it's kind of discussing trauma, and uh, so like you follow this doctor who is like doesn't want to treat a child who's dying because he doesn't think it's worth it, and then he gets in a car accident basically dies and he's basically makes a deal with the devil to give his life for that kid it seems uh kind of is the, that what it was i think so i'm not <laughs> real sure it was, it was kind of we, we were both confused it wasn't bad uh and then the full-length movie was uh uh, to, uh tim uh ballet uh this is a ugandan movie this is actually the first ugandan movie to ever be uh, submitted to the oscars for best foreign film uh the drama follows uh Tembele, a garbage man in uh Kampala, who begins to lose his grip on reality after the death of his infant son. Uh, the director is uh, Migusha Herbert Morris. Uh, so, speaking from my perspective, uh, technically, this movie was pretty rough. Um, the sound editing was terrible. It, it cut in and out a lot. No. And, like, like no, it, it would just like bad, it would just be huh? silent all of a sudden, and then they would start talking really loudly, and then, and then be silent. Like, the, like, like the no Hollywood music would just out of nowhere uh, come in. So, like, like, technically, not a great movie. But what kind of excites me is it had very interesting ideas. Yeah. Uh, so basically, you follow this guy as uh, at first you think like he's just a poor guy. His wife is struggling to have a child, uh, and then she has a child. So you think uh, the child was born. But then you figure out that the child had actually died and he is having a PTSD reaction. Like, he basically uh, create a whole new reality in his head that the child didn't die and it was actually born. So he's holding on to the, this dead baby like it's really there. Uh, and then he goes on kind of this journey uh, back to his family to bury the child and you're kind of following this uh, this person through it. So a very interesting story done in a poor way. So The idea of, was good. But And kind of what uh, I was talking to Irma about like when we left her, like, she wanted to leave early. I was like, no, like, let's, let's stay till we finish it. Because, like, you it, guys, bullying. Understand, I was there at like 2 p.m. till 9. I have been at this festival, which they should at this point make me a fucking creative director. It was a whole shift, shifts for three days. I was exhausted. Bear with me, please. And anyways, uh, as I was saying to her, like, what makes this important is like, it's the first uh, Ugandan movie to ever be uh, submitted to the, like, the Oscars. So, this. I don't understand. They submitted it to the Oscars, and it was like bad in like the technical aspects of it. Yeah. So, but but kind of like the idea is they don't have the history of filmmaking like a lot of countries do. Like like let's say even like yeah. Nigerian movies and stuff like that, like where they have like whole history and background in making movies. Whereas this one, uh, kind of. Here's the quote I I wrote for this. I say I like to see like this movie like redone with like I guess maybe more funding ability. To yeah, them. I think uh, it would be very funding. good. And, well, and I think not necessarily funding, but I think just the experience of making movies that they haven't had. Yeah, like the opportunity to do so. Like uh, kind of what I wrote is uh, even if a movie is objectively bad, it still shows the material conditions and thoughts 
of time and place. Did you come up with that? Yeah. Sounds like something you would, yeah. I, I was thinking, mm. I, I was thinking mm. about it on the bus. Uh, and, and so basically, I'm really excited to see what's going to happen with Uganda movies in the future mm-hmm. as they kind of learn and all right, have the resources to make better quality movies because mm-hmm. the storytelling is obviously there. It's just the yeah. the medium that they have to practice. And uh, I, I liked uh, from that sense. Because the, the story did grip me. I found the story very fascinating. I was interested to see what was going to happen. But uh, the way it was told was a little rough. Yeah, with the whole like mental health like angle too. Like that would have been great to see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like it also showed like how being poor affects your your life uh, a lot because uh, they were like robbed. Uh, so his wife, uh, what I thought was really cool, is that it showed like usually with a lot of movies, the actors will be like these beautiful specimens, whereas uh, like the wife has an obvious like eye defect, uh, which they show uh, she was basically beaten and lost an eye. Uh, and then the guy was plus size. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I thought it did a really good job of like like I said showcasing that country as uh, as it is. Also, I maybe it's because I haven't seen a lot of movies, but like I don't think you really see a lot especially in the African setting like this sort of situation from a guy's perspective because the women the women are usually portrayed as like erratic is that the right word like crazy or something especially if they lose a child like yeah like you like you're the crazy one because you carried and suffered and whatever which i'm not saying the the wife didn't she was suffering but was showing the man's journey yeah the man's journey is like a dad poor working still trying to like support himself and his wife and his coming baby i think that part was cool yeah to show like a caring father yeah instead of just like Trigger warning. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, I, I, so yeah. Even though technically bad movie, still you can take a lot out of it. Yeah. Uh, so that was the end of uh, day two. So now we're going to get into uh, uh, day three. So day three started off with uh, three, uh, four or five short films uh, in a row, something like that. There was a bunch of them. Four uh, or five, I think. So uh, it started off with uh, Umwali, which uh, so the story. So it, it, good. This one is like a documentary. So. Uh, pregnant at 16, uh, Jeanette uh, recounts how her uh, unexpected journey to teenage motherhood began as she shares the challenges she faced along the way. Uh, this is uh, a Rwandan movie from uh, Innes, uh Girl. You are struggling with these names. <laughs> Let me see. Let's just do it for you, Joey. I, I probably should have prepped these names beforehand. Innes. Yeah, girl, no. <laughs> yeah, so you make fun of it, and then you can't do it, do it much better, so... Giri Hirway. Giri Hirway. This is not Ibo. You pronounce it with like Ibo inflections. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so th- I found this movie uh, or this like documentary short very interesting. Irma, what do you think of it? I loved it. I loved it. I espe- oh, I especially loved how her family was on her side, especially the women, because like we said, anything physically or like just sexually whatever is demonized heavily but she was a very young girl um i wouldn't say she was raped because unfortunately i don't even know if it's consent at that young of an age i wouldn't say so at like with someone with like that much if it's someone the same age as you then here in canada it would be but if it's like eight but, years, but if, if it's eight years difference, then no. As like that, a, that, as a fifteen year old, then it's rape. Yeah, it was just nasty. How nasty, but also sort of unfortunately uncommon. In not uncommon. 
Oh, so, sorry, not uncommon in the African setting. Um, and I like how there was also a sprinkle of like the doctor who um, specializes in, specializes in family planning, because that took me back to like when I was in grade school. We would take like trips <laughs> going to like places or I don't know events that held stuff regarding family planning. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I really well, even like uh, kind of what you're talking about before how like you don't get that talk about how to exactly. be sexual and protect yourself what the the doctor's talking about is how important it is to teach people about condoms and how condoms can I used to close protect. my eyes during condom commercials <laughs> that's how bad it was yeah I was exactly. like I should not know what this does <laughs> well well exactly and so like it, it showed like a really interesting aspect like even me growing up in a very conservative area where like oh my god we've struggled like, yeah. like stuff, stuff like sexual ed is uh, demonized like even right now in Morton Winkler area uh, there's a big push to ban books that would teach kids about like sexual anatomy and like about their bodies which is just because like one of the books literally is like hey like this is how to know if someone is raping you or like touching you inappropriately important stuff for a kid to know if they're being touched inappropriately just so you understand your body right like even yeah. as a kid you should understand your body and what's what's appropriate and what's not and there's people in my hometown who are wanting to ban books that would do that more than do better Morden, Winkler, Gimli, all them places. Gimli, very different. Stonewall, that part. Lagos, Nigeria, Imo Oweri, and I'm all of Nigeria, (laughs) all of Africa. I don't know. Um, Yeah, like I was saying, I just really loved how her, the women especially, were the ones that like were writing by her. They told her, "Do not answer him." The mom was very supportive. The sister was like, your time to... I mean, which shouldn't have been, like, the advice she should have given her younger sister, that situation. But, you know, if you're dreaming of a ring, your own ring will come at, like, at the time the universe wants it for you. I just... I like that. I like that she wasn't shamed. And, like, her family was very supportive of the fact that she had to stay home to, you know, do whatever. I hated the men. Men... Rot in hell. You can't demonize your own fucking except sister. Except for the doctor. Yeah, except for the... I mean, yeah. Except for the doctor. The wait, brothers. Wait, what happened in this document? Was she raped? She was raped by, like, her love interest... Quote-unquote love interest. Who was eight years older than her. He was 22, she was 15. Were they, like, protecting... Trying to protect the guy? Or, like... No one really was protecting anyone. Basically, they were, like... They were saying, abort the child... Uh, like her brother's like, I'll punch you in the stomach until it, it aborts. Yeah, the the boy was like, I don't believe it's real. Till so he showed, she showed him pictures, and he was like, I don't want anything to do with it. He packed and left, and then when she, I think when she gave birth, he, he wanted pictures of it. Yeah, he wanted pictures him. and whatever. So yeah, I again, I like stories that touch on this. It's very you know, to women who have dealt with like sexual assault and whatever, you know, it's very triggering and harmful to watch Mm -hmm. such films like this but i just like that it's giving it's It's not hiding awareness yeah Yeah. uh the next movie uh is gonna be a little bit lighter uh quote from irma this movie cured my headache the movie (laughs) is is, is butterfly cinema uh 
This oh my god. The synopsis is uh, a 30-something-year-old actress battling colon cancer confronts a series of devastating challenges, including her parents' tumultuous relationship, her brother's drug-related arrest, and her fiancé's betrayal, all while her treatment options dwindle. Uh, this movie is from Egypt. It's directed by Akrami Mar. Uh, Irma, why don't you give us uh, your thoughts on why this cured your headache? It was fucking terrible. Wait, let me see. Let me see the butterfly singing butterfly. Yeah, absolutely disgustingly. This was this was a film student in Georgia. I'm sorry, film student in Georgia. Georgia. America? No offense. Oh. Do better. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I mean, there a, is student, yes, you learn him. No, like but it was. Uh, I'm. It was bad. It was. There was no plot. It. There was no sound editing. There was just. Um, I don't. I mean, I guess the plot. <laughs> even was a plot. She was sick. She was sick, and then she got cheated on, and then her her best friend was like die you guys you <laughs> she, guys she like, this is literally what her best friend said you don't have to get the treatment and her friend is like what she's like it's just you don't have to get it i know how much you're suffering and how much you're in pain but the treatment isn't guaranteed it doesn't guarantee that you're gonna live and you didn't want to live with this anyway Bitch. <laughs> it's all because her best friend is cheating on the fiance of the person who's dying whether so 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 there's there's the the person who's dying they have a fiance the person who's dying's best friend is sleeping with the fiance of the person who's dying crazy things are happening <laughs> even if i'm sorry even if like you're cheating on like whether you're cheating on my like what's the word whether you guys are cheating on me with each other or not i would kill you why would you come to me and say die yeah it was it was a it was a wild movie but uh you know it was kind of funny and then when she died five shots of this woman's face back like it it would zoom and then pan out five times it, it was wild. five times uh anyways the next short movie this one was uh, another bit of a shocker uh anonymous uh, anonymous is the story of a young uh girl in a day her family friends work and dreams we discover her world and her thoughts through the little voice in her head and her imaginary stories. Without suspecting anything, she goes through her daily routine without knowing how the day will end. Uh, this is from Senegal. Uh, the director is uh, Fama Rene So. Uh, this was a good movie, but it was also... The, the ending was very unexpected. Because I thought, oh, this is just a nice story of, a, of an independent woman living her life. All of a sudden, and, suicide and, and, bomber. Yeah, the ending, she dies because a suicide bomber blows up her library. That's a thing that could happen. Is that in West Africa? It's in uh, Senegal. Senegal, yeah. So West Africa, which right? I think, yeah, I think, I like it's because, yeah. like, I remember when like Boko Haram was becoming like very rampant, and there were just like suicide bombers like everywhere. Everywhere, it was so crazy. Like you could not go. Like it was so far in the north, but it's like you could feel the tension. Like even in Lagos, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you personal experience. I lived in Lagos. <laughs> My mom wanted me to go <laughs> make copies of something. Um, it was a. 10-15 minute walk away from where we were my mom never lets me do anything so i was very excited i was like okay i'm living my firstborn eldest daughter reliable child fantasy 
and I was walking to this place and I got the co- I don't know if I got the copy or not I think I was about to get the copy and this guy was run- I just saw a mob of people just running and they started to scream ole 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 which ole in Yoruba means thief and I was so scared and confused till I saw the person that they were chanting thief at running towards me and he dropped a black bag that sounded like metal things that were clinging together I thought it was a bomb (laughs) I never I never ran home so fast in my life (laughs) it's so it's so funny but like this shit is real it was real y'all cause like Boko Haram kidnapped like girls in the boarding school I lived in like (laughs) I didn't live but like I went to school with like it was an all girls school and there was option of being a boarder or like like a a boarding student or a day student (laughs) every day I lived in constant fear of being bombed every day so i guess that's probably why it's anonymous yeah and that one was uh paired with uh the envy of god uh which is another movie about suicide bombing bombers. uh this uh, this one is a 12 year old uh fatima is dropped off uh, in a market wearing an explosive belt activated in 10 minutes to kill the enemies of allah for t- uh, nine minutes it's an inner journey from the present to the past uh, Fatima remembers her mother selling in the market. Uh, this is uh, out of Niger. Uh, the director is uh, Amina uh, Mamadi. Uh, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, another very tough watch, but it kind of showed this was very uh, good. how like there isn't much of an option for like people when they're in this situation, mm-hmm. uh, and kind of how uh, this girl kind is able to in her death, which she doesn't really have a choice in still finds a way to find agency. So rather than bombing the market, she goes out to the outskirts and uh, uh, she like finds her mom. She basically is able to say goodbye to her mom as she blows up uh, in the outskirts of the town, not killing anyone. Uh, that's that's nice. Usually they've already been like, well, no, like usually they're already like well indoctrinated that like sometimes they don't even have control. Yeah. The bomb. It's, they just do it. Like it's sometimes it's not even them that's like pressing like the trigger yeah. or whatever. It's no, yeah, they else. literally, so they literally dropped her off and pressed it. So she had no choice. Because she's locked into the... Yeah. yeah. So she had to like just walk around and stand there and blow up. But yeah, it was, it was very, very touching. Very just good. because like you hear about suicide bombers, this show is like the side of of rather than just so, like people who are like who are affected willing by to do it, it, it yeah. shows like oh like maybe uh, it's the radicalism that's mm-hmm. forced them. It's not necessarily them that's doing it. It's kind of like a lot of uh, different forces that brings them to that yeah. circumstance. Also, sometimes you also have to like I don't know consider like why people are easily radicalized because no one wants i don't believe that inherently like anyone wants to like kill anyone or Mm -hmm. like anyone was like born evil it's like why are people being like so easily radicalized it's because like they are being like like i don't i feel like well i think nigeria is so okay like did you want to say something well i just want to say a big part of it i think is because of all the colonialism right like when, when you it's have not, like all that wealth taken out of africa okay it's not okay it leaves like like you need something to fill that void i feel i feel like yeah that's like a valid point but there is also like there is also blame like amongst us like africans like for instance like nigeria it's like the north where like the whole like herdsmen Boko Haram thing is like very prevalent is very poor 
So it's like, yeah, the people there will be easily like radicalized because like they're being like promised a different life from what they know. And like, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, I would join your like whatever. Like I'm going to eat like three times a day. Yeah, fuck yeah. Like I'm going to do this, right? And it's also like our politicians also like have like, also play like a big part because like some of them fund like the extremism but like they've also like kind of created the conditions for like the extremism to like flourish like mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. are poor people are starving people are hungry yeah they're going to like blow some shit up to like eat mm-hmm. so yeah true yeah true, true, true. uh i forgot like the placement of uh, this next short film but uh this one was uh my personal favorite of the short films uh it's uh ecc uh, achieve Le, uh, Monday Canoe. Don't mind my French. I'm bad at French. Uh, this one Let's is it's a French movie. It's by Anne Sophie uh, Nanke. Uh, so this one uh, basically you follow uh, someone. I believe from uh, is it Papua New Guinea. Papua New Guinea. Uh, French Papua New Guinea is where it takes place. So you follow like an this in, was so you follow lovely. an indigenous person and like a slave who has escaped. Uh, and basically this this lady again we're seeing a theme of motherhood this uh woman like gives birth to a white child that was like from the master uh like of the slavers um she ran away um she finds this uh african man who has also escaped from like the slave ships and they're basically forced to work together even though they're kind of having separate interests Mm -hmm. um so i what i think this movie does a really good job of is showing how like colonialism affects how not necessarily just how white people interact with other races, but also how different races interact with each other. Like because different of effects of colonialism on different people. Exactly, because usually you just see it from like, oh, like how does a white person interact with like an Asian person or an indigenous person mm-hmm. or like a black person? This shows how does an indigenous person interact with a black person in the circumstance. So uh, it was it was very good because like I I would have never expected like an interaction like this ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see during one point in the movie where she has to make certain choices because she didn't fit in. And neither did the former slave, like the guy. But then they had different ideas different of goals. what yeah, yeah, of what to do to fit in. He was basically like, I'm just gonna keep living my life and survive. She was like, To survive, I'm going to go back. Which is what we've been talking about where people are just like almost brainwashed into thinking that like the only way of survival is going back to like whatever it is that repressed you and she was going to use like her white baby as like a ticket to yeah into going back because she was like oh i gave birth to his child there's no way he's gonna deny it which the the guy was like yes he will and another thing was like the silence in the movie not that like there was a lot but like it it, it kind of took place... Majority of the scenes took place in, like, a swamp-ish type of place. Yeah. And she... Basically, one scene in the movie was, like, she had to drown her... She had to drown so, her so, baby. Uh, so, 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 leading up to this, basically, uh-huh. she uh, has turned in the, the former slave. Uh, well, she tried to turn him in. Yes. So, she, like, had alerted them somehow... Or took him to a place where she knew that they would be found mm-hmm. uh, in order to, again, get her ticket back into uh, sort of the plantation. Um, but they're, they start shooting at them. They basically don't care about her. Either, uh, yeah. And so the baby's crying at this uh, point, And so she drowns the baby in order to save them. Uh, yeah. The two of them together. It was 
I, I really like. I think that's like one of the most creative movies I've ever seen. I'm not gonna lie, which says a lot, but like, yeah. it's just. It's, I'm really interested to see like this director going forward because yeah. like what they were able to do in 25 minutes was really impressive. Very beautiful good. cinematography, great sound, great everything. Like it was, it was a beautiful shot movie, very powerful, and uh, yeah, very, very good. I wonder like. Because, like, a lot of the movies that we're talking about right now, they are, like, really good movies. I wonder if, like, the, I don't know, the board, like, the African movie, if, like, if they kind of, like, moved it away from, like, say, the gas station, like, theater into, like, a kind of, like, a different venue where that it would, like, attract more people. Because, like, for instance, I was, like, thinking, like, if they, like, did this at the WAG, because, like, the WAG has, like, a theater space. And then the WAG puts it up on its website. More people are, mm-hmm. are likely to, like, see it and, like, show up at, as well. Because, like, they don't do that well in terms of, like, numbers. Mm-hmm. Like, people showing up. And these movies are great. Like, mm-hmm. they're actually really good. Like, the first time I went, I did not expect the movies to be, like, as good like as they were. Like, top quality. Like, top quality movies. Like, it's the reason why I wanted to, like, go back this year, even though I was depressed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I just wonder, like, like I also like I don't know if like they're doing that much like like what's their marketing and their advertising even because like we're insiders so we know. Yeah, I I I got some ads for on Instagram, but I don't know if that's because I kept on reposting their stuff or not. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> I think it's why. Because like, like I didn't I didn't want, like get like ads I or anything either. and like I just knew about it because I like, think it's funding, class. which unfortunately is like. But they get so much funding, like the council, Manitoba Crafts Council, like that's a big one. But, and, bring, like, but then you're also paying for all the rights for the movies. Exactly. And, like you're uh, paying like for getting websites. directors, everything. Yeah, but like what they need is like to get people in the door. Like getting people in the door will like don't well, get money. And, I think and that, like that's, just, that's what I'm trying to do with this podcast, right? Is trying to get yeah. people interested for next. I think year like stuff. also putting all that together and then having the wag support it like is the, just like I think a they, lot they just have to like cause like the WAG like sometimes will like offer its space up for like for, for those not in the know the WAG nothing. is the Winnipeg Art Gallery yeah the Winnipeg Art Gallery like I feel like most just of our listeners to, are in the like, US huh? so most of our listeners are in the US oh like, my god we have hey, listeners national <laughs> whatever anyway but like I don't know like I feel like sometimes you just have to like cause like WAG is like a cultural like institution like Sometimes they offer up their space for like free. I don't think they or, know like, that then. Next to nothing. Yeah, but that's why they need. To, that's why they need to start like doing more in terms of like finding because like I feel like they are so comfortable like doing yeah, what they do the right station, now yeah. at the gas station. It's mm-hmm. like they're not really putting that much effort into like advertising. It's like like what they need is to because like because like we show movies that they work too sometimes and like especially in January, I forget what they are called. It's this, like, it's indigenous movies, but, like, we have people coming in and watching it in, like, a theater, like, down there. So, there like, there's the Winnipeg uh, Abri- Aboriginal Film Festival. Yeah, like, so people, like, go to that, like, and people buy tickets and, like, tickets sell out because, like, the WAG will sell the tickets on, like, their website and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it's, like, I feel like they're just, like, in terms of, like, their approach to, like, advertising and getting people in the door, they need great, to, like, yeah. look beyond what what they are doing right mm-hmm. now yeah no I, I agree with that uh, I was going to talk about that later but I'm glad oh, we talked about I'm sorry I'm glad I like ta- to I'm, jump the gun no it's all good I'm but glad that's we just about me um, jail <laughs> uh, so the next movie I think was the short film uh, documentary uh, Wandel Lushil Meeting the mm. Tides that was the uh, 
South African documentary about the uh, uh, fisher, uh, like the mussel fishers. Oh, so very good. Yeah, so like that showed kind of the impacts of uh, colonialism and uh, like the environment. I'm glad those women. I mean, basically, the premise of it is they fish to survive. I'll I'll, I'll read the synopsis. Okay. Uh, During uh, uh, apartheid, the Sukulu people were forced to leave the coastal areas and banned from fishing. Their traditional source of income. Marine biologist uh, Tembisi Jordan shows how Sukulu people continue the tradition of sustainable harvesting of mussels and pass it on to the younger generation. Yeah, I love that. I'm glad she was basically telling the colonizer to go fuck himself. The colonizer and apartheider. All of them. All of them. You can't come into someone's space country continent and come this is these are my muscles this is my river i don't know who the fuck you think you are god okay honestly that's like one thing that really pisses me off about like like especially like south african colonization like apartheid like the way like even like right now those effects are just like very glaring like white people in south africa like see i don't know what the exact statistics are but like they make up like say let's say like five percent of the population, but like yep. they own ninety five percent of the land. And still own like the like, majority of the crazy. government and everything. Yeah. yeah, like that's crazy. Like I can't imagine. Like my family is like Igbo. Like we have land, like where we come from and stuff like that. It's like I can't imagine like a white person like coming to say oh. I'm like like that's what happened in South Africa. It's like these white people they just came in and took lands from like black people, right? I mean here in Canada it's what we did to indigenous people. Like it's so crazy. And then it's like that's why I find like land acknowledgement so crazy. It's like yeah, we took your land. Yeah, mm-hmm. what kind of sorry, but like we're, we're not we're really letting you know back. that we did. Like and it's anything. like that's nice, I guess the bare it's not only bare minimum in this case it's like you're just like rubbing it in like the yeah, those annoying and embarrassing yeah. so i don't know man i feel like there is no there, there is never ever going to be justice like ever in the world like i don't know like what south africa is doing about because like it's so contentious right like well, and right now, right like, that's, now that's how you get like a lot of radical parties like right now there's a, a big party I forget what it's called off the top of my head but basically they're uh rallying for like all white people to be kicked out of their country, which I think is a fair reaction to how they've been treated for years, right? Like yes, all white South Africans should. to be kicked out of South Africa. Yeah, I don't know. I fuck with that. <laughs> <laughs> have you met? Have you met like a white South African before? Like there is racism, and then there is white South I mean, African racism. Elon Musk. Yeah, like <laughs> someone needs to put a chip in his head. I mean, he's trying to put chips in our brains. Yeah, and they need to take all the chips he's created, put them in his fucking empty ass skull. And shoot I, I, him. I'd just rather run him over with a stupid ass looking cyber truck. No, no, no. Put that chip in his fucking head since he wants it so bad and blow that shit up. Put him on Black Mirror or something. Uh, I don't know. Anyways, the next uh, sort of two movies. We have to move along somewhat quickly because we're losing Ella soon. Oh my god. Uh, I'm not dying. I'm just like going home. Uh, so there was a, a short film uh, called Maybe Tomorrow. We'll just skim over this one because we. it was a, uh, a short film made in 48 hours. Uh, it was about uh, sure. mental health. It, it was fine. Uh, it was not for being made in 48 hours like from writing shooting editing writing yes shooting editing mm-mm. anyway so they did in 48 hours so it was good for that the next one uh, I really liked it was, uh, Irma fell asleep and it was uh, gazing at the stars uh, so this movie is uh, very much like a working class type movie so 
uh, in the working class city of uh, Marit. Marit. Uh, old Bolum has disappeared. His uh, son Ronaldo sets out to find him and crosses paths with uh, Ijia, an Indian immigrant worker. Together, their non nocturnal crossing of the island takes on a new dimension between a, a mystical journey and a desire for freedom. So basically, uh, there's a, a uh, it shows like how like this Indian woman is like forced to move into this country in order to make money. At a garment factory, and then they like steal her passport, which is uh, oh, yeah. uh, a very—it's uh, something that happens to a lot of people worldwide, and like with fast fashion and stuff. Like that's a very good example that you don't usually see in like mm-hmm. movies. Is like a working class person who's forced into like their circumstance. And I thought mm-hmm. that was uh, really important. And then seeing uh, Ronaldo, who is more of like that sort of hustler person. Like, you know, scamming people to make himself look, like, richer in order to, like, make more money. But it's just kind of, like, two reactions to, like, the same sort of material conditions, again, of being very poor, uh, fighting to survive. My my little synopsis was, uh, uh, that's a solid look at modern working class in the global south. Uh, seeing the different ways of coping with alienation, uh, this is an important vision into the lived experience of workers outside of a North American bubble. Uh, Irma, do you have anything else to add to that, or was that? Um, no, that's basically... Capitalism sucks. It really does. I felt so bad for her, and then the mom started to blame her. Yeah, I can't imagine people who go through that shit. Which I I've talked about like overconsumption and consumerism. I really hate. Like I get some of y'all girlies like we're struggling. So am I. But if you don't need shit that bad, Sheen is not your best friend. Especially it baffles me when black people shop from Sheen because the amount of racist stuff that they've done. You would think, you would think it's the them using ch- child slaves or whatever that would stop it. No, the racism, them calling black people monkeys, does not stop that either. It's also so ironic when someone's like, "Oh, Sheen's for poor people," and then they'll do like a thousand dollar Sheen haul. Child, <laughs> it's very, it's very basic and mid and just disappointing at this point. Well, it's just consumerism, right? Which is a, a result of capitalism, not Anyways, capitalism yeah. itself. It was a Anyways. good movie. The next one is my absolute favorite movie. He, Al- said this, Ella- he said this like three times now about three different movies. I just okay, want to th- point out. Th- this, this, was, this was my actual favorite movie. And I'm, I am angry because this movie isn't on Letterboxd. It's like nowhere on the internet. It's, it's very small. Uh, this is Sad Rack. But yeah, I uh, did love this movie. So I cried. I was like bawling my cried. eyes out. I was like, girl. <laughs> so synopsis of the story is uh, Frank faces an... Uh, uh, antagonizing decision between supporting his Alzheimer-affected father, Bayo, and his uh, ailing girlfriend, uh, Rachel, who suffers from a kidney disease. I don't think that's accurate, actually, because it's not his girlfriend. It's yeah. his, 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 his girlfriend. His, 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 okay, Ew. so the synopsis is wrong. It's not his girlfriend. It is uh, someone he hires to work for, uh, his father. Uh, so this movie is uh, from Cameroon. Uh, the director is Narcisse uh, Wanji. This movie, I think... Is a very global movie just discussing kind of Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. Like I, I had a, a relative who had Alzheimer's and eventually died, but like just when you see them, like like let's say like a year ago, they, they remember you, and then a year later, they, don't. they, they they'll forget you, and then maybe a, the next day they are like, oh, like remember this from like ten years ago that we did, but they don't remember what you told them a week ago. Like it, it's it's very tough because uh, like I think what this movie does a really good job of is showing how different days you get different people. Like one day they might remember everything. The next day they don't remember anything. 
and then the next day like they might just remember little bits of of their history that like it, it did a really good job of showing how like and, and also showing how he was physically fit yeah. and like it, it's like a very like sort of hidden hidden thing right i like how like they used comedy a lot it made it like kind of like easier to kind of like i guess digest because like i found myself like laughing like i feel like i found myself laughing at like moments that i should not have been laughing at because like objectively it's like sad but like the way they've just like gone about it it's just like it's funny Mm -hmm. you know and like i love that like even though like he forgot like i don't know like he he forgot like most things in his life like he did that one thing for her Mm-hmm. That he did not like like want her there in the beginning like he did that one thing for her like i don't know i felt that that was just really sweet like it made me cry that was when i started crying and then like when like he died y'all if i was not in a public place <laughs> i'd have removed my shirt and cried like the african that i am and like what i was telling irma That'd after this movie is like, like if this movie was in english it would be like almost a guarantee for like an Academy Best Picture or like something, Because right? editing was great, shots were yeah. great, sound was great, everything. Like Active. the writing was so good. Yeah. Was, like, it I was really so liked well the done. So very well done. And I the fact was that very it was happy. just like two like characters, two like two main characters that were seen all the time and like I didn't feel like didn't get sick bored. Of them. Like I didn't get sick of them. It was like, that's very and the hard age to do. difference too. He never really treated her like a daughter. He treated her more like a friend. And you never really see that in like any dynamic at all. It was so cr- good. Uh, chemistry together. So good. I, oh yeah, I, I think I almost Did, cheered up. But was like, this not, oh, no, it was Mami Wata. Oh, sorry. I thought this was the one that won that like Sundance award. No, that, that, that's the other one. Yeah, so. This should win. But yeah, award. this one like definitely should, oof, should win like an award of some sort. But like, I like that it was in French too. I feel like. I appreciated it more because it was in French. I don't know why. But mm-hmm. if it was in English, like, I don't think that, like, I would have liked it as much. Like, it wouldn't have been authentic, With, with, with be subtitles, you're forced to engage a little bit more yeah. than just having it on in the background. Like, I found, like, because, like, like, when I, when I watch, like, English anything, like, I'll, sometimes I'll find myself, like, on the phone. Because, mm-hmm. like, I, I can hear the dialogue. I don't necessarily need to see. But, like, it being in French, it forced me to, like, kind of, like, watch everything play out. Mm-hmm. Which, like, kind of, like, added to the experience of, like, you know, my emotions coming out and, like, everything. So, it was really good. Like, I liked it. Like, go Cameroon! Yeah, that, that was great. Highly recommend it. Me too. Okay, so the next movie that we're talking about is uh, Home Away From Home, which was a short film from a director here in Winnipeg. So I feel so both of you had something to say about that. Ella, why don't we start with you? I loved Home, Home Away From Home because I one specific, just like one specific scene like resonated with me and... I keep on going back to that scene and I'm like, this is the exact, (laughs) this exact same thing has happened to me in Canada. You know how like you move to a new country and like everything looks different. Everything smells different. (laughs) Canada, Canada has a smell. I'm not even trying to be rude, but it's like the government needs to look into this. So like this specific scene that I'm talking about, he's at the bus stop and it's always the bus stops to bus stops in canada have a very distinct smell i could be in abu dhabi and smell that smell and i will know that this smell came from a canadian bus stop do you know what i mean and then like this scene it was like where i guess he was waiting for the bus and then like he was like no 
doing that thing with his nose when like something smells bad and i was like oh my god this resonates because i've done this so many times and i've almost been beaten up to on the bus because i've done this so yeah i loved it i think that this was a 10 out of 10 this was a perfect movie (laughs) it was confusing at first because i was like why is he speaking arabic to his Igbo roommate who is speaking Igbo to the person that's speaking arabic to him it's like let's speak english when canada you know Mm-hmm. Yeah, if that sounded racist, it wasn't intended to be. <laughs> it was just confusing because, like, why did they immediately start speaking their languages to each other? It's like clearly what different. People it's like are. reverse Tower of Babel from the Bible. Yeah, what he said. He knows a lot of things about the Bible. I'm kind of worried. Irma, what, what what do you think of this movie? Um, I don't know. It was it was mid. I was very confused. Like I got the message. Don't mind the geese. <laughs> it's migration season. I got I got the the part like I got basically the message where it's like obviously you're away from home and everything like you have to adjust and everything because there were scenes where he just looked like he didn't fit in even with someone that he saw that was also Arabic and all that. So I got the message, but I don't know. It was kind of all over the place. the The evil roommate threw me off. Well, I think it's more just because. Like this was shot during uh, lockdowns and COVID. No, yeah, that's what he so, said. So like, it's that's like this. This was said. like his literal roommate. So he's like, yeah, he's Ebo. We might as well throw some Ebo words because they're like, we want a movie where there's no English because there's already enough English movies. Yeah. Also, like, do you think that it could be just kind of like showing that like every single one of them like was kind of like away, away from, from home? home yeah. Like, exactly. Yeah. Like all these different people, and now we've come together to create confusion but love at the same time. You know. <laughs> No, because, like, it was kind of, like, chaotic the first time that they met, but then they ended up becoming, like, really good friends. And, like, that's his actual roommate, and they're all, like, really good friends now. So it's, like, imagine, like, the cultural, like, I don't know, differences that that they kind of, like, had to overcome, like, in the first Mm -hmm. place to get to where they were that, like, you know, he's, like... Yo, bro, you wanna be in my movie? I'm like, yeah, word. I will text my mother in Nigeria <laughs> and ask her some Igbo words so I can speak Igbo in this movie. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, that movie was directed by uh, Rohit Srinath, uh, Winnipeg director. I think he was Egyptian. We think, yes. They yes. think he was Egyptian. I think he's Indian. He was Egyptian. Anyways, uh, that was uh, the short film before uh, kind of the highlight of this film festival, which was uh, Mami Wata. Uh, that movie is a Nigerian movie. It is directed by C.J. Obasai. Obasi. Obasi. Oh, Obasi. my God. <laughs> Let me introduce this movie. So the highlight of the entire film festival was Mami Wata and directed by C.J. Obasi. It was also Obasi? filmed, what, what, filmed okay, well, here, in here, here, why, why, why do you read the synopsis then? Okay, I will read the synopsis because I like to read stuff. Um, in E.E. The fuck is wrong? <laughs> In Iyi, villagers worship the mermaid deity Mami Water and Hila, Mama Ifi, supported by her daughter and her protege, is an intermediary to the water spirit. When children begin to disappear and die, doubt and anguish engulf the local population. When a rebel warlord arrives and puts the village under new control, the women must plot to save their people and restore Mami Water's glory to E. And this is by CJ Obasi, who I just have to say is kind of cute. Thank you. So uh, this is kind of the most critically acclaimed movie of the bunch uh, just because it did win, I believe, the Sundance Best uh, Cinematography 
I love cinematography. I thought this was a gorgeous film. There's parts where I felt, felt the story was a little difficult to follow with, but that's coming from a Western audience. There's a lot of bad reviews on Letterboxd, and I don't get it. because From I think, white people. From white people who just didn't get like the sort of folktale aspect of it. But I, I thought it was a really good movie. No, but no. I want to hear you two's perspective. You know, coming from Nigeria, this is a Nigerian and like West African movie. So I want to hear like, does this resonate with you, or is it more pandering to like Western audiences? No, it's a very like, it's a, it's a very common story, and a very common word. Like I mean, what that just means like, a water body, like a female water. Well, it's supposed to be like kind of like a mermaid, right? Yeah. But many times there's always like a negative connotation to it, which like you can definitely tell from like the movie itself because no one really, like not no one, but like a good majority of the people in that village didn't believe that the Mahawata actually existed. Mm -hmm. And they just didn't like believe in the power, the reverence of it and all of that. Yeah. So it was very cool because like, you know, like they tackled a lot of things, which is just like more ignorance um sure <laughs> um so yeah i i really liked it because it's not like there aren't a lot of movies like this but even the director made mention of like how nigeria isn't very like unfortunately and i wouldn't say like all of nigeria but like a good amount of Nigerians do not really focus artistically on like things that are different from what <laughs> I don't know if this makes sense from what it usually is well like from my understanding it seems like either you're Muslim or you're you know Christian Catholic and if you're not like if you believe like a, a traditional religion you're kind of looked down upon it's kind of what it sounds like uh, he was saying and what you were saying earlier how it's like kind of stigmatized Whereas, like, he, uh, the director said, like, in his interview that in countries around Nigeria, that, like, in West Africa, there's a lot more sort of support for the idea of things like Mami Wato. I think it's just stereotypes. Nigeria is, like, a very heavily stereotyped country where it's, like, they... And they're very stubborn people. They do not... It's like Honestly, they do not want to learn anything that is outside of what they usually believe is quote-unquote the truth so this kind of like say for instance if i if i literally just made mention of this movie to my mother the call is ended because she doesn't want to hear anything mommy water related or much less see the movie in that in that sense so i don't i don't i wouldn't say it's like religion focused i just think it's more mythical and like stereotypically focused it's that because that's i think that's what he was like they don't they don't really focus on that. They don't really want to know stuff like that. So like folklore and all that fun stuff. They just mm -hmm. know of these folklores, but they don't want to know anything outside of what they believe the folklore is. So that's what I think. He was so what are your thoughts about like the main bad guy wearing like a cross necklace? It made sense. I mean, it made fucking sense. Like he had like the fluent, um, like the fluent accent, like just the posh, what Nigerians would say, posh English accent. Um, so I guess he could kind of represent like colonialism and like colonizers where, because he came there at, pretending like he needed help. Then when help was given, he tried to like, you know, take over and take control of like the entire community and like 
move mm-hmm. people away from like what they usually believe in. Sounds like Columbus. <laughs> what, what, what are your thoughts on that, Ella? On Mami Wata? Yes, what, what we were talking movie. about, yeah. I think it was a fantastic film. I was kind of confused about why it was in black and white in the first place. But then like the director explained that like he likes to take like, I guess, a unique approach to things and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, I guess that like makes sense. But um, it was a good movie. And just to kind of like build on what Irma said about like how deeply Nigerians are religious. I feel like Nigeria is just like the perfect specimen of like a colonized country because like we demonize like our traditional beliefs and religion like religious like systems to kind of like create spaces for like christianity or like islam or whatever it is so it's like seeing mami water kind of like the deity in the movie kind of like revered and being worshipped versus regular nollywood where like anyone that's like called mami water or like associated with like mami water is like an evil woman that's like mostly always out to like get men or like bewitch men and stuff like that so this was like a really interesting take not one that we would see in like regular nollywood and stuff like that so like i really appreciated like the story and for those listening who don't know what nollywood is it's like nigerian hollywood yes but worse anyway <laughs> what did i start what was i saying um but yeah it's not like a regular story that like you would see in nollywood and also i kind of like because like i kind of like how the actors are actually actors in this movie nollywood now it's... and they're all nigerian sorry i just had to say that okay irma racist edit about <laughs> i'm joking i'm joking no because like everyone wants to try and do like a folklore or like traditional movie but they don't actually include actors from that particular place that's why this movie was good oh, yeah like the I actors are it. authentically nigerian i mean yeah but good. like but again it's technically like a nollywood movie so like well, i wouldn't yeah. expect nigerian i wouldn't expect americans to be <clears throat> I wouldn't expect like Americans to be in the movie but anyway like I was saying I appreciated the way the actors were actually actors like they are people that were like invested in their craft Nollywood today for some reason it's Instagram influencers people that have won Big Brother Nigeria or have somehow like found their way into fame and it's not people who are actors like old Nollywood like you could tell that like they were actors like they went they studied theater at the university or they studied drama or whatever so they those, those they were actors and they were acting their asses off new Nollywood it's like you have to be like an influencer of some sort but like, like it's very movie, influenced by like reality TV yeah, kind of stuff yeah like it's not great but like this one like I believed everything. Like, even, like, when, like, Mami Wata came out, I was like, shit, maybe I should worship her. You know, like, I really believed it. Like, I was into it. Mm-hmm. So, it was it was a really good movie. Um, I loved it. Fuck Jasper. Because why did he do that? Why did men do that? Jasper is the bad guy in this scenario. But, like, yeah. If I would recommend any movie for anyone to watch of all the movies that we've spoken about, it would be Sadrak and Mami Wata. Because they're great. So that, that brings me to my, well, that kind of answers my question here. Uh, so we've talked about basically all the movies that we've seen. So Irma, since Ella kind of answered this already, what was your favorite movie of the festival? Uh, um, I'd say Sadrak and the, oh, I don't know the other one, the other name. The one with the indigenous lady. Oh my God. Hold on. Let me find it. 
Okay. Uh, so, Ella, your favorite movie was Sadrak and Mamiwata? Sadrak, Mamiwata, and Home Away From Home. I really, really loved Home Away oh From Home. Oh, my God. I just, like, I just need to, like, harp on that because I really love that movie. Like, I, I'm excited to see what the director has in store. Um, Rohit, I'm excited to see what you have in store. Excited. So, while Irma's looking, what do you think was the best film? Sadrak. So, to be fair... I, I didn't watch a lot of films like but if I had to like pick I really like the documentary I've still not been able to find it but like just from like clips that I've been able to see the myth of the black woman that's mm. love that one like I forgot about that yeah loved it Sadrak I loved because it was like it was comedic but it was also like emotional and stuff like that and Mami Water because it was really artistic mm-hmm. in its storytelling and the way that like and the actors were acting basically you know yeah. doing their thing so those three movies love them yeah I'll tell you and that my, my special mention Home Away From Home Rohit good job yeah, my favorite uh, film was definitely Sadrak. I thought that was a really good one, as we talked about earlier. Uh, did you find which one was your favorite? Irma? Yeah, but I don't know how to say it. Well, your guess is as good as mine. Mm, Le Monde. We're just going to leave it at that. The shorter version. Le Monde Konu. It's, it's a very good movie. Which one? This one? It's by Anne-Sophie Nanke. Just look up the director's name. You'll probably find it. That was a very good one. Um, Myth of the Black Woman, amazing. You know, obviously it would be good. I did like Mami Wata, but I wouldn't say it was my favorite. I would, I would put Sadrak up there too, and even like the, the what's it called, the documentary. I don't meet in the ties. I don't know how to say that either. Mm-hmm. With the ladies um, and fishing and all that. In South stuff. Africa, yeah. Yeah, great, great documentary as well. Umwali was also very. Good. I'm not choosing one. I don't know. They're all good. So this festival definitely seemed to have a theme or general themes, which I think are like motherhood and femininity, uh, religion and radicalism. So I guess I want to hear like what, what your thoughts if you saw those themes as well and uh, kind of how that fits into like your own lived experiences. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, somehow, even when some of the movies focused around a man, a woman was just always involved. Um, I, I think that was, like, very prevalent in all the movies I saw. And I think it was cool. I think it was nice because I think... I don't remember what director and what movie this was for, but they answered a question basically saying that, like, it just shows the... Um, the role that women play yeah. in African communities. I was going to say that. Yeah, as much as like men truly try to push them away or make them like the secondary or like lesser than anything type character, whether it be in like a home or like in a public setting, it just shows the power that women always have in any role they are given in like the African community and in, in any community to be honest. But it's just like I don't know. I I don't I don't wanna play the like the oh we're worse than you than your culture or whatever. But I don't know. It's just it's very common mm-hmm. but also not because these women don't come out to talk about their experiences. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah. That makes sense. Uh Ella? 
sorry, what was the question? Oh my god. I guess how does uh, the sort of general themes of this festival of femininity and uh, religion and radicalism kind of fit into your own like lived experience? Um, I think that like the themes like these themes were prevalent but because it, it's like it's the things that are occupying like Africa right now like female empowerment religion radicalism it's like a lot of these are like problems that like African countries are facing like especially like religion and radicalism just to go hand in hand especially in countries like Nigeria and stuff like that and then when it comes to like female empowerment or just like when you think about like women in African countries, I will speak for Nigeria. It's like we're always like relegated to the back of everything. It's like women as second class citizens and stuff like that. But it's like when you really look inside of Nigeria, it's women that hold everything together. Mm-hmm. It's women that hold the family together. It's women that hold communities together. So yeah, it makes sense that like there's a movie like Mami Water where instead of like the deity being demonized, she's instead like revered and it's like, like almost a symbol of empowerment like yeah a symbol of empowerment and also like when you even like watch like the movie mommy water it's like when she's kind of started losing like belief like when mommy water said like people started losing like faith in her it was like mostly the men that were pushing that idea like saying oh like what has mommy water done for you and stuff like that it wasn't meant not to say that men are bad but you guys know mm. yourself but yeah um, these are the things that are occupying Africa, like, these are the conversations that we're having, so it's really apt that, like, the festival kind of, like, had these themes and stuff like that, and I really, really appreciated it, you know, loved it. Nice. So, last question is, uh, how did you, like, like the, pro- like, the festival itself, like, how was it run, and what would you improve for next year? I would improve so much. It's not that, like they are doing things like bad certain things could just be like better just like in terms of like marketing and advertising like this festival should be a lot more like it should be a lot more like well attended especially since it's like during the Nui Blanche weekend Nui Blanche is essentially like arts like I guess installations and just like performances and stuff like that they're not advertising well get a billboard get something because the movies are actually genuinely good Mm -hmm. like there's always like a handful of like i handful of people that like i attend but it's like it's people that like are already like aware that this like exists like outside of people that know that there's an african film festival no one else knows like when i was talking to like my coworkers about it they were like oh that sounds interesting Mm-hmm. But, like, I've never heard of that before. Like, I didn't know there was an African film festival, especially, like, during the New Blanche weekend. Yeah. It's, like, they could do more with, like, advertising and stuff like that. Also, perhaps moving the location, like, get doing, like, I don't know, like, what's the word? But, like, finding, like, a different venue that can kind of, like, help in terms of, like, advertising. Like, mm-hmm. the Winnipeg Art Gallery does this um, commercial viewing theme. The cons film festival or something it's where they like screen commercials and it always sells out of tickets because like the Winnipeg Art Gallery will also like advertise it on its website and people always go to its website to kind of like find things to do yeah exactly and stuff like that so I don't know what kind of like agreement they have with like gas station in Osborne but it's like if they kind of like find a different venue that can also kind of like push that hey this is happening okay you guys come 
that could also help it doesn't have to be the winnipeg art gallery it could be the manitoba museum the manitoba museum is doing like a a show for like some band that mm-hmm. just like sold out as well so it's like they have to be strategic and they're planning they should hire me i can help with that irma what about you you went to the uh festival more than anyone here what do you think they could improve for next time or in the future I don't know, changing location. It's, it's an, I mean, it's kind of sort of central to many things, but it's also not in the way. Also, I'm tall. This is just a personal thing. I'm tall as shit. The chairs in that place, horrible. Horrible. Butt cramps every fucking second. And I'm padded, I'm padded with like a nice juicy ass from the heavens. And it just, it doesn't help. So it's like, I don't know. Location change would be nice. I agree with Ella. Like, advertisements, like, would just... I don't know. It would help. I feel like... Like, I wouldn't say they're lazy. It's just more like... I don't know what it is. <laughs> I feel like they they believe that, like, not like, many I, I people... It's almost like complacency. Like, yeah. Like, we have our venue. We already know it's like going to work. Like, they're fine. Well. They're, like, yeah. they're, like, it's not like no one is going to attend. But, like, they're sort of fine with, like, the crowd they have. And I'm like... Things like this, like like I said before, myth of a black woman needs to be seen by everyone. So like I don't know, put one film forward and like use that to get people like or a target like, goal. What I think would be really good is if they had like ties to the universities and their film programs, right? Yeah, like I if you promoted through like the film program, because that's that's going, that's how be that's how we got to know about it. Either. Like, this year they didn't just do like that one professor they didn't do that this year maybe he's not teaching the class this year but see that's a problem because if he's not teaching the class then no one knows about it and also another good time where they could like screen the movies is like during black history month like i know that there is, there is i know that there is a whole like um like it's the african film festival and they want to do it in september but it's like what about the movies that you guys have already screened like the previous year like do it at the beginning of like the next year for like black history month so that people can see these movies mm-hmm. because it's like outside of like like i can't find any of these movies anywhere like i've tried yeah. to watch myth of a black woman like i can't find it anywhere like where am i like do i have to like email the director to like send me a copy like please send me a copy but it's like i don't know like doing something during black history month because like different places do like month-long like events for black mm-hmm. history month why not like an african like film festival or exactly something like that like partner up with the um the um black the black collective i don't know the run the um the black events for black history month and stuff like that this could be like one way that people could see these movies like I don't know. There's just like so many things that they Well, even if they could be like more active throughout the year. Yeah. Like like instead of just like... They're only active like the month before and the month of. That's it. Yeah. Like they kind of show up and are like, hey, watch our movies and then they disappear. I think if they were like a year long, like, hey, like we're doing a special screening that's sponsored by the African Film Festival. Exactly. And they need to get more sponsors because again, just like talking about like them being more active on like social media the directors that weren't able to kind of like talk about their movies and answer questions they could kind of like do something i don't know if they have like a youtube page and then put it online or like do it on like if they were more active on instagram like like an instagram live or like a reel or something just like there's so much you guys can do do it yeah okay thank you yeah or is looking at wigs why are you outing me I'm not outing you. This is not sexuality. 
Anyways, I think that's a good place to stop uh, this special edition of the podcast. You're uh, welcome, Joseph. Uh, I'm, thank it you was both. an honor for me to be here on your behalf. Th- thank you both for being here. Uh, do you have anything to plug? Do you have any social medias or anything? Yes, follow me on social media at Ella Ijogu underscore probably. I don't know. I think oh that's my, my Instagram. <laughs> you might have to spell that. E-L-L-A-E-J-I-O-G-U underscore. It's the picture with the girl. That's me. Thank yeah. you. I'll, I'll put it in the description. Uh, anyways, thanks for being here. Thank you for listening. And tune in next time when we talk about uh, something. Yeah, I'm really excited to come back. Just, end it. End it. <laughs> Joseph has never had more exciting people on his podcast. Trust me. Bye.